and welcome to the Hot Copy Podcast, a podcast for copywriters all about copywriting. And today we're talking about Facebook. Some of us love it, some of us hate it, but there's no denying it's a powerful marketing tool for both ourselves and our clients. But one area that still bemuses many of us is the dark art of Facebook advertising. Personally, I know from experience that randomly boosting posts does nothing at all. So today I've invited my friend and business buddy, Lauren Bartley, to talk about all things Facebook advertising. She's going to give us the lowdown on how to create successful Facebook advertising campaigns that deliver not just clicks, but customers. My name is Kate Toon. I'm a copywriter, the founder of the Clever Copywriting School and the recipe for SEO success. And with me is my co-host in sunny San Francisco, Belinda Weaver. Hello, I am Belinda Weaver. I'm a copywriter. My business is Copyright Matters and I created the Copywriting Masterclass course. And today we're talking to Lauren Bartley. Are you there, Lauren Bartley? I am and it's such a pleasure to be here with you two wonderful ladies. Oh, nice. Nice start. Nice start. (laughs) She flattered us straight out. Yeah. Well, I'm going to read your bio out now. So are you ready? Everyone take a deep breath. Lauren Bartley is a social media strategist, speaker, and consultant. She's the founder and CEO of digital marketing agency Impactivate, as well as the, being the co-host and producer of the top-rated postcode, postcode pod, podcast, Business Addicts. Lauren's superpower is creating Facebook ads that attract, nurture, and convert your ideal customers. She's on a personal mission to help remove the overwhelm, confusion, and headaches that many businesses experience when it comes to Facebook advertising by teaching you how to implement those strategies that work instead. That's beautiful. I like that. I messed it up a bit, but it was it's a good bio. <laughs> oh, and you read it so well. I love your sexy voice. <laughs> I practice my podcast voice. I don't talk like this in real life. Um, so we usually do a question um, and we're going to do it, Belinda, whether you want to or not. Belinda's, <laughs> Belinda's written a note in the notes to say, are we still doing this? And I think she wrote it in that voice, but we are doing it. So the question is, who is your celebrity crush? Okay. Oh, I thought you were going to ask me first. Lauren, you have a guest. Let Lauren go first, Kate. Thank you. Okay, (laughs) sorry. No, that's all cool. I actually think my answer is going to disappoint you, Kate, because a celebrity in my life, being a business addict, does oh, no. not involve any popular culture because, be honest, I'm not in that space. So I, my celebrity crush is like more of a business crush, and it's oh, on no. people. No, it is. You've you personally have heard my story of crying in front of John Luma at Social Media Marketing World. Um, but I must say, I have business crushes on the Pat Flynn's of the world and and those type of people. But anyone that's just like a put celebrity on television, I got no time for. I'm sorry. She's she loves she loves the Pat Flynn and Gary Vanya Vanya Duke Vanya Cho. Oh, yeah, I kissed him. <laughs> yeah, not sure he wanted it to, but she did. Yeah, um, and Pat and Pat's coming on my podcast next week. So yeah, all my celebrity, um, my sorry, my business crushes. I somehow find a way to meet them in person, which is even more cool. Do you know standing outside people's houses until they come out and tell you to go away <laughs> isn't actually meeting someone, Lauren? <laughs> oh no, you're on to me. <laughs> I bet yours is going to be Doctor Who or someone like that. Oh, well, that is a very good answer, actually. But I was going to say Jennifer Lawrence. Really? Yeah. I can see that. 
She, I think she's awesome. And I think that's the definition of a celebrity crush is where you just go, I would love to have a, have a lunch with them. I was going to say have a drink, but I switched to lunch at the last minute. But, you know, I think she's a bit fab. I don't think that is the definition. I think you want to do more than have lunch with them, if I'm honest. Yeah, that's probably true. Well, I think that's a sanitised version. Okay, well, can I tell you mine? Nobody yeah. asked me, but I'm going to answer anyway. Mine's Aidan Turner from Poldark. Of course, yeah. Absolutely lovely. I, would, I, just, I don't know who that is. I'll send you a photo. Of it. I'll put a photo of Aidan Turner in the show notes and everyone can have a look. Yeah. He's would you, you'd love to air quotes, have lunch with him? I would have anytime. lunch all over him. Seriously. <laughs> anyway, moving on. I, I kind of don't want to do this episode now. I just want to talk about <laughs> crushes. Um, but we're going to. So we're going to get stuck into the episode and we've got lots and lots and lots of questions for you, Lawrence. I hope mm. you're ready. Um, The first question is, we read, I read an article by Joanna Weeb, who is our copywriting crush, I'm Mm -hmm. not ashamed to say it, that mentions that in the Facebook list of creative suggestions, writing good copy is way down at number five. So it goes objective, audience, off off media, copy. So do you think that means that Facebook doesn't value copy very much? No, I think copy is really, really important, but you have to get over those other obstacles first. So you have to make sure that you've got the right objective that you're trying to achieve in that ad. You have to make sure you're getting the right ad in front of the right audience at the right time. And you need to make sure that offer, so whatever that ad's about, is more compelling than what they're doing on Facebook at that point in time. And then in terms of the media, you need to make sure that it's thumb-stopping. So it's a video or it's an image or it's something that's going to really attract their attention and make them take the next step and then if you get past all those bits then they read the copy so it's still really important because when they get to the time of the point of that copy it has to be compelling enough that they then go okay cool read that understand that I'm going to do now what you asked of me so it is still very important and I guess people make that um, the decision on whether this particular ad is going to meet their objectives, that they're in the audience, that the offer is actually appealing and the media is attractive. They make those decisions in, what, one second, half a second, pretty quickly, right? Yeah, very quickly. Think how quickly your thumb scrolls through that newsfeed on your phone. It's a split-second decision. And so you do need to front-load some of your copy to grab their attention as well because of that. Yeah, I think it's incredibly difficult to grab people's attention. You know, if I see a picture of Aidan Turner, obviously I'll stop anything to do with Game of Thrones, but I almost have ad blindness when it comes to Facebook ads. But we're going to talk about that today in terms of getting over that and giving people some good tips for both their own copywriting business ads and ads for their clients. So next question is one for Bill. Bill, what's our next question? Yeah, I I had a little look through like a lot of Facebook ads, not a lot, but some Facebook ads in in research for this episode, I was trying to get a feel for the structure of a Facebook ad. ad. So I was hoping you could talk us through that. Yeah, well, Facebook ads have kind of got three components to them. So there's the campaign itself, and that's where you kind of set the objective as to what you want to achieve, and you've got lots of choices as part of that. Then we've got the ad set, and at the ad set level, that's where you go and look at the how much you want to spend, who it's going to go to, um, what period you want to be advertising for, that kind of thing. And then we've got the ad level, and the ad level is where you look at the format. So that's like, is it going to be an image ad? Is it going to be a carousel? Do you want to do a video slideshow? Do you want to do a collection or a full screen experience? There's lots of options in terms of the formats we can choose. And then also within there, we choose where we want to send them. Is it a link? Are we just letting them look at a, a video? Is it, you know, what, what, 
we're always sending them off the back of this. You don't have to include a link, but it's often good too. And then um, it's in that section also that we'll do stuff like the copy that we're going to talk about today in terms of the text. So we've got a headline, a news feed, a link description as well that we can include as well as the main copy. And then you've got things like call to action buttons as well. And then obviously bringing all this together, another big component and where I usually start when I do my ads is the audience targeting. So making sure, as I said before, you're getting that right ad in front of the right people. Gosh, it all sounds completely overwhelming. <laughs> I want to give up right now, but let's keep going. Well, <laughs> I just before we move on, I wanted to be kind of clear because I was looking at some ads. I know literally nothing about this. So I wanted to be clear. So you've got the news feed part that goes on top of the ad image, right? And then you've got a link description underneath the ad image. Um, not quite. So it's going to depend on placement. And when I mentioned the three parts where you three components of an ad campaign at the ad set level is where you choose what the placement's going to be. So the placement might be in the news feed. The placement might be in the right-hand column. It could be in instant articles. There's so many other places you can place it. And depending upon where you you place it depends on what kind of properties show up that you can modify. So gotcha. the news feed link um, would basically be like that Imagine you've got, we've all seen these, these are like the sponsored things that come up in your general news feed and underneath the image there will be a bolded bit of text. That's the news feed um, link and then you've got beneath that the news feed link description which is a kind of little paragraph, like the metadata that you would have on yeah. Google ads, yep, on a Google posting. That makes sense. Okay. Yeah, yeah, excellent. Thank you for clarifying. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, I know I'm going off track here, but I, I actually didn't realise that you had all those options of different places you could put your ad. I thought it was newsfeed, like the, the actual wall, as I would call it, and then the sidey bit where the little ads. <laughs> okay, um, just to clarify, that wally bit is the timeline, <laughs> the newsfeed. Uh, okay, okay, that's, okay. Well, it's actually newsfeed as the placement, and the sidey bit is called right-hand column. Um, but you can also do third-party um, placements as well. So you can actually use Facebook ads and put them onto other people's websites, who, the people that have signed up to, to um, you know, have Facebook ads on their website. So there's lots of different options. But I recommend anyone who's just starting out, just go with Newsfeed to start with and then the other placements, you know, it, it depends on your objective and your audience and all that kind of stuff. But there is still value in them. But if you're just starting out, just go with Newsfeed. Okay. So we're putting our copywriter hats on now and, you know, a client has come to us and said, can you please write me some Facebook ads? Are there any character limits that we need to be aware of? Like, obviously you can only have so much copy. Um, how, what, what, are, what are the character limits for each of the different bits of the ad? Yeah, so that's really going to depend on the type of ad you're running. So what's the objective that you're choosing for this ad? Because you can run Messenger uh, ads as well. So where things, the, the ad is actually placed within someone's messenger. So that's going to look extremely different to a right-hand column ad or to a newsfeed ad. So but depending on the objective, the format and your placement depends what the limitations are going to be in terms of that headline, that newsfeed link description. So what I usually tell people to do is if they're creating this ad within the ads manager tool, then I usually say if you're going to do multiple copies, so you might do one for newsfeed on the mobile, one for newsfeed on the desktop, start with prioritizing uh, the newsfeed mobile and how many, like build it out so it's going to be, you can see how 
many, like you have to do it within the tool itself. And then you'd go and see how much space you've got in there because it's always going to vary. It's not like I can say you've got 180 characters for this and 43 characters for that. That just doesn't work. So, and, and in terms of the main copy, you can be unlimited with that. So, what I'd say is basically you want to, there is a resource um, in terms of the Facebook ads guide, which um, I'll give the link to you, put in the show notes, where people can go and see the different uh, objectives and formats and that and what the character limits are around them. But basically, because you can promote an existing post on Facebook, you can, anything that you can do organically on Facebook can effectively be converted into an ad. So you're not really that limited. Uh, but you are going to have to kind of just play with it to work out what you can and can't do. Because I guess what you what you want is your um, key copy to be above the see more kind of break. You don't want to hide information. Yeah, definitely the bit that's going to attract their attention and compel them to, to want to click that see more button has to be up high for mm. sure. And can I just quickly say ads in Messenger, ugh, I just, when you said that, I was like, oh, no. Do you know what, though? Messenger, Messenger as a placement ads, you would only do them to a really warm audience, possibly people who have messaged you before in the past, and you'd need to have a bit of volume in order to do that. But Messenger as a destination ads are actually really good, and that's where you run an ad that might show up in the news feed, but you're sending them to, to, to like, send you a message as their call to action. So... I like that type of message, messenger ads, not the ones when we're kind of being really intrusive and showing up in their messenger. Yeah, I'll pay that actually. And I do get some messenger, I get contacted by a messenger from the shop where I buy pug accessories oh, I from. Hate I hate that. Yeah, it annoys yeah. the crap out of me. If they weren't such a great shop, I yeah. wouldn't buy from them. <laughs> okay, so... Um, now, you mentioned promoting existing posts. This is something I'm particularly interested in because more and more we sort of hear things about our content not getting to the people who like our page and we have to boost the reach and, you know, reach more people and things like that. So many of our listeners might want to promote their content to draw clients to them maybe rather than promoting their service directly, which is what you might think of when you think of an ad. So should we be creating ads for our posts to increase the reach or creating ads for our services? Um, so maybe a combination of both. So creating a post on your page, you know how sometimes you can never quite tell what's going to go viral. And I know like a definition of what goes viral for us will all, will all be variable. But let's say you just have a real winning post. They're the ones that you should definitely be putting some ad spend before behind because basically the social proof is there. People are liking, commenting, and sharing it. If that shows up in someone else's newsfeed and they can see that activity on it, they're more likely to engage or take the desired action. So I do think it's really good to post things to your page first, see how they resonate with your audience, and then it's a way of really testing before you put any money behind it. And then you can either boost that post is an option. You can then go into the ads manager and use choose another objective and still use that post in that format or you could then go okay now I see what works I'm going to go and create the same thing or a similar thing in an ad from scratch so yeah what what's going what you're doing on your page organically really should be informing what you do with ads because if it doesn't work well organically it's not going to work well in an ad awesome cool just a little side question here which isn't in our list but I want to ask anyway is 
is you know boosting posts as effective as setting up proper ads in the way that you said so you know boosting posts takes like one minute you just click a few boxes and it's boosted setting up ads you know <laughs> how long have you got it takes forever <laughs> and then I always get it wrong so you know it, the boosted post seems like an easy option but it doesn't seem to have as much impact what do you think about that yeah, well, I used to tell everyone to back away from the boost button because it was really, really bad. But Facebook has evolved that over time. And there's a couple of times I would tell you that it's okay to boost posts. So first thing you have to do is you have to have your audiences set up in advance. So it's really easy to just go and pick the appropriate audience for this thing that you're promoting. And then the next thing is it's only if you really want to be boosting for kind of reach and engagement, if that's all you really want to do. But if you want to be getting people to click through or people to actually convert on your website, then you're better going and using that existing post, but choosing the traffic or the uh, conversion objective within the ads manager. Right. That's, that makes a lot of sense. Thank you very much. Step away from the boost button. Um, no, I not just, necessarily. <laughs> but I, well, I just, but I, mean, I, I should step away from the boost button because I just, I just randomly boost things randomly yep. and put like $7 on it and go, excellent, $7. That's going to make me a million. Anyway, um, that's why you're on the show because we have no clue what we're talking about <laughs> when it comes to ads. Um, so we thought we could all get involved in this a little bit and talk about um, sharing some tips for writing Facebook ad headlines. So we've each got some answers here. Lauren, you get to go first because you're the guest. What are your tips? Yeah, so I suppose the headline itself, I should explain, that's that bold text that we talked about before that's under the image or the photo. And this is the thing that, you know, needs to be your clear call to action or a really good description as to what they're going to get on the other side of clicking on that link. So the main thing here is to keep it within the displayable word limit and that's going to change based on placement. So that's where... I would go in and um, play with it in the ads creation tool and start with mobile first because of the fact that it, you get less characters on a mobile. So if you can make it punchy within the mobile and then you could, if you're creating two ads for different placements, if you're going to do that, um, you could create the longer version second, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. It does. So making the headline a call to action is, is really key. I, my little tips from my, my experience here would be to, you know, make, it's a true of most headlines, but add the benefit into the headline. So it's very, as you said, clear what you're going to get on the other side of that click. Keep it simple. So focus on one thing. Don't try and cram every single thing that you're trying to say into that headline. Um, and, you know, if possible, attract eyeballs with appropriate special characters. The odd exclamation mark might be forgivable in this instance. Do you know, I pulled up, just before I share some of mine, um, I pulled up a, a Facebook ad so I could look at one while we were talking. So yeah, information retained a bit more. And um, the one I'm looking at, the headline is easily create marketing videos in minutes, which I think ticks all the boxes of what we're talking mm -hmm. about here, which... Um, so good tips, ladies, and uh, well done, random Facebook ad. Um, so the ones I wanted to add, because I haven't created a lot of Facebook ads, so mine, I just think if you've got a short space and you need a, a headline, you know, I think mention pain, like you mentioned benefit, uh, Kate, but I think yeah. bring a pain point in there and make that a real one that your target audience is suffering and Again, like you said, just make it one. Um, and if it's new, say it's new. That can be a really eye-catching word. Um, and asking questions, I think, is always a really positive um, headline. Of course, if it brings the answer that you want. It's a really great way to, for audiences to self-select. 
So they're mine. They're good. I'm trying to find an ad now because I want to, of all the times <laughs> I actually want to find an ad, can't find one. Um, so I've got one here. It's for a brand called Calculator Hub. And the headline is, people struggling with debt may not know this. Not sure if you not. I'm just going to try and find another one now. Um, <laughs> I mean, that's intrigue, isn't it? And yeah. It's, you know, you go, ooh, well, I don't know this. I might not know this. I better check. So intrigue works. I mean, I think the same headline tips apply for regular headlines. We, have we done? I think we've done an episode on headlines. We must have been. No, we haven't because, you know, headlines so talked about so often but we should maybe we should. come on it doesn't stuff us anyway i actually can't find another ad thank you facebook one time i wanted you to show me ads you didn't um, next question belinda yeah i wanted um lauren i was hoping you could share some tips on kind of what to write in the facebook ad so we've talked about the headline but we know there are other components the is this you know the news feed if we're going in the news feed bit kind of the news feed part that goes around the ad. Yeah, so this is the main copy. So this would be this if you had again, if it was a, a linked um, ad, for example, the headline would be down the bottom. The copy would be the stuff above the actual image. So this is where we can we can write as much as a Facebook post will allow us to write, basically. And I don't know if anyone's ever tried to hit the limit, but it's pretty hard. I wouldn't ex- I wouldn't <laughs> suggest you try and do that in an ad. But what you want to do here is you really want to speak in a tone and voice that's consistent with your brand, but at the same time, it needs to be like native to the platform itself. So Facebook, you don't talk in corporate speak. You need to be really personable. You need to be like a friend just showing up in their newsfeed because that's what people are expecting to see there. You do need to have a strong hook and a call to action as part of the, that main copy because not everyone will actually read the headline and the link description at the bottom. You Things like questions that allow people to self-identify are really good. So if the first thing you say is, are you a, and use some of the terminology that you would, you've, you've used to actually segment that audience. Uh, but I'll probably get into a bit more as to where you need to be careful about that later. And then you want to outline that offer. So it's that whole what's in it for me. So again, it needs to be specific to the audience that you're targeting and where they are in your sales funnel. So if it's a warm audience, then you can talk to them like you really know them and they're your friends. And I think I mentioned this before, that offer needs to be more compelling than what they're currently doing. So keep that in mind. But really try not to over-sensationalize or over-promise and if you do that, your ads are going to get declined. So, for example, (laughs) I teach Facebook ads. Sometimes one of the ads I ran, and this was a while back, but I think it's a really good example, is I was saying, are you sick and tired of all the time, effort and money that you're spending on Facebook ads with little or no return? It was something to that extent. And my ad got declined because of the fact that I was being too specific about someone's medical condition. Oh, (laughs) so you do have to be careful with that type of stuff and with the over sensationalizing stuff you can't promise things like you're going to lose five kilos in the next five minutes you know you can't say I'm going to you're going to guarantee to make a million dollars within the next week all that stuff will just be declined so you have to be a bit a bit softly in your promises yeah, don't overpromise. I mean, that's true of all ad headlines, I think. But I think on Facebook, yeah, they're, they're sticklers for it. And so they should be. It's good. It saves us from dodgy stuff. Um, so let's talk about call to actions. Um, we've already said that your headline should be kind of a call to action, but there is obviously also the little buttons that you can add, you know, learn more and whatever. What, what do you recommend uh, for, to use there? 
Well, there's so many choices and it's really going to depend on the objective. So if you're, for example, we mentioned the messenger destination ads before. So if you're going to send someone to, if you want people to send you a message, then you need to choose the send message option. And that will only be available in this, if that's the type of ad that you're uh, you're using. So there's other things we can have like the the apply now, you know, book now, contact us, donate now, download. Uh, you know, there's even things like get showtimes and listen now. So there's some really cool options that we've got. But the one that I kind of find works really well, even if you do want people to get the showtimes or to donate now or to do any of those other things, is the learn more. So I'd recommend just testing them and seeing what works for you. But the learn more is really, it's a soft approach. It's not like, oh my God, you're going to want me to have my credit card details out or you're going to take my email address. It's just, this is the next step. And what we wanted them to do is to take the next step. That's why that's a really good one to use. Well, again, looking at the, the, the one ad I could find, their call to action is learn more. I think another good tip here, you know, when you're, as a copywriter, when you're planning the Facebook ads is hopefully you're also involved in writing the landing page so that the ad drives to a targeted landing page. The number of ads I see on Facebook that just dump people onto a homepage that has nothing to do with the actual ad that they've just clicked on, it, you know, and there's that complete disconnect. So, you know, if you are working with a client, you're writing the ads, say, can I check out the Facebook ad? So there's no disconnect between the two, the targeted ad and the landing page. Yeah. Um, and we'll yeah. link to our, we've done a pod on call to actions, which I think yeah. might be useful. So we'll include a link to that in the, um, in the show notes as well. Um, and it, I just, I'm just getting the impression that, that writing Facebook ads is like it seems uh, we've got better tools to write them, but it's very much like writing print ads. They've got to be small, they've got to be punchy, and uh, they've got to get to the right audience really fast. And it's all about the visual. It really does seem that the, the visual yeah. sucks people in and then the copy is secondary, which is a you know, classic print ad kind of trick. What do you think, Lauren? Yeah, well, I think where Facebook really kind of wins out over the print ads for sure is the ability that if something's not working, you can change it so easily. Whereas a print ad, you've just got, it's printed, that's it, sorry. Whereas this, you can monitor the performance of those ads. You can split test, you can turn off on up the budget, down the budget, whatever, based on results. So yeah, you're probably right with what you said, but you know, if I was investing in print ads or, or Facebook ads, I know where I'd be putting my money. Yeah, totally. I think I just meant more in the kind of the way that you write the ads. It's it's often visual led. Um, you know, when you're you know as a copywriter hat or when you're working in agency, you know, often if you're doing a print ad, the art designer will take more of the lead and the copywriter will kind of follow up rather than sometimes with long copy ads, the copywriter writes first and the designer finds it's yeah. Tougher. Anyway, in that regard, I totally agree. Yeah, but gosh, don't invest in print ads. What are you doing? Uh, definitely invest in Facebook ads. Uh, next question, magic words. We love an easy list of magic words that we can just drag in to our ads. We love swipe files. It makes our life so much easier. So what are some magic words that help with Facebook ads? Oh, see, I don't, I don't think there's any specific words itself, but what I, I do like is some phrases. And so some of the things, for example, are like questions that allow people to self-identify. Then I, I, I touched on this before, but, you know, calling people out based on their targeting. So would you like to um, help your swimmers get their PB in the next comp? Now you would do that if you're targeting swim coaches, but what you have to be careful about here is that you're not containing any content that 
kind of implies that any personal attributes, which Facebook uh, doesn't allow you to use. And they're things like race, religion, benefits, age, sexual orientation. So you can't, if you're targeting people who have a certain um, religious beliefs or certain age or sexual orientation, you can't call that out in your ad. So just be careful about that. And um, also be careful about there's quite a few things this kind of brings up in terms of what not to do rather than what to do. So I'd probably say just go and have a look at the Facebook ads policies as to the words you can't use first before you start looking at what words you potentially can use. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, I think all the classic ad words kind of work, you know, like free offer uh, now, all those kind of ones that we, you know, the classic David Ogilvy list, I think still works today. And maybe we'll include that in the show notes as well. Um, So Mm -hmm. um, great. Well, yeah, next one we've got next. I will, I wanted to add, you know, like if you're wondering, you mentioned using the language that you're, audience are using and you know also fitting the tone of voice of your own company um, and looking at what people are saying online is a great way to get to groups with how they are talking it's kind of like you know review minding and things like that so if you're not sure about how the kind of language a target audience uses go to where they're hanging out online and look at the kind of phrases that they're using I totally agree with that. And I think this goes back to, I think maybe it was yourself or maybe it was Kate mentioned earlier, that you may to include that not just within your copy, but all, obviously within your landing page. And a big, big thing you need to make sure is there's, it's congruent so that the copy and the words that you're using on your landing page are the same as what, or well, very similar to what you'll be have, you will have in your ad. And the same with the images. So when people are taken from that ad to the next place, they're like, yeah, this is where I need to be. Not like, oh, where the hell did I add up? You know, end up, this isn't what was promised of me. And this isn't the language they were speaking to me in the Facebook ad. So I think that's really important too. Awesome. And you mentioned images again there, and we were talking about print ads and being, you know, being imagery led. And I wanted to talk a bit about graphics because to be honest, I've kind of get intimidated by Facebook ads because I think I have to create some beautifully designed um, thing that goes in the middle. And then I go, oh, it's too hard. And I skip on. So, you know, is the graphics such a big part of the Facebook ad? It is. And and I don't like to think of just graphics. I call it media because of the fact that there is video and there is images that we can be using here. And a lot of people think I'm doing a Facebook ad, I have to use an image. I'd actually say, you know, if you can, if you've got a video that will work, try that as well, because video is great for attracting attention and building kind of cheap, warm audiences as well. So if you're targeting a saved audience that you've created of people based on their interests, behaviors, and demographics, Mm. and they don't know who you are, if you put a video of yourself in front of them, or maybe it's, you know, solving that pain point that you mentioned before, like some valuable content in video format, it's actually, those ads are really quite cheap to run and a good top of funnel type thing to use. And they, not many people are doing them. So you will stand out as long as it's movement so that you're actually attracting people's attention. That's making them going, Hey, what's that? I need to click on that and find out a bit more or actually click on that and listen, have the subtitles on as well. That's another really important thing. And, um, you know, I think videos are important, but if you're doing things like your, your blog posts, then definitely you need a really compelling image. Uh, 
But look beyond that in terms of the other types of ads you can be doing. So if you're doing a testimonial, for example, you're really you're limited as to how much text you can have on that image. So carousel images are great for that where you can put the headshots of people who are giving the testimonials and then just use the headline text to actually demonstrate what it is that they're saying about you or your product or your service or whatever it is. So think of think beyond just the single standard image. Use Facebook's inbuilt tools to make like a slideshow. So you might have several images which you can just use their slideshow feature and make a really simple video. Um, and then if you're doing, if you've got an e-commerce store, then you want to look at other things like collections because uh, they'll display a whole heap of your products all within the one ad and they're quite engaging and interactive and, and can produce some really good results. But really it's like anything, you just, you need to test. Yeah, no, <laughs> that's resonate well with your audience. That's a lot of really good ideas actually. That's kind of broadened my perspective a lot on on what they can look like. Um, so we've got some questions from our listeners now who have um, diligently sent us some very good questions, actually. Um, some of them we have already talked about, um, but I've got one from Becky Brown, who's a student in my class, and she we have kind of covered this a little bit. She says she does she relies on a, a template for writing her ads, um, which assumes you're going to a landing page for this campaign. But what about clients who don't have that landing page? Is it worth sending? them, like people who are clicking the ad to a website, um, like a page on the website or a homepage, or is that just too general? Um, well, I suppose it really depends on where they are in your sales funnel. So if they don't have a landing page because they just haven't got around to creating that yet to get people to opt in, I'm assuming that is, or even to sale, then you might want to consider doing something just to generate engagement. So this starts to build engagement audiences on there. So that could be a video or a blog post. And then when you do get the landing page in place, you can then retarget those engaged audiences with your opt-in offer later, which is pretty cool. But the other thing is if they don't have a landing page because they're just too lazy to set it up or although they just haven't got around to it, you can use lead ads, which basically provide a landing page within Facebook for you to use. And they can still go and opt in for whatever it is you and, and collect the email address off the back of that. So yeah, oh, wow. yeah. So there is lots of options for you to do that, but um, video, uh, video ones are another one as well. They're good options to build audience that you can promote to later, which I mentioned previously. Okay, great. Well, the next question is from Lisa Neeb, and she says, I use the PASPA as a base uh, copy, for, copy formula uh, as a basis to craft a lot of my copy. But for Facebook ads, focusing on the problem and pain points is seen negatively and they can be rejected. How do you reframe, reframe the pain points so that Facebook approves the ad copy? So we've kind of talked about this, but maybe we could just uh, you know, yeah. cover it one more time. Yeah, so Facebook definitely wants us to enhance the user experience and that's why a lot of those ads will get rejected. So that sick and tired option I gave you before is an example of being too specific about something Facebook doesn't want you to be, they don't want you to be calling out the pain that people are having in their life. They want you to really make it positive. So you should include positive um, references. So the positive state that your audience is aspiring to. So instead of, are you sick and tired of, it's like, would you like to have more energy, do this, da, da, da. You know, so you do, it does, it does limit that ability to really kind of dig that knife in, but it, um, <laughs> but hopefully it, by focusing on the positive and if it's compelling enough, they'll still want to take that action to get to that state of aspiration. Facebook just wants us to be happy. 
They do. <laughs> well, no, and the reason behind that is if you think about it, if you go to Facebook and you get depressed, you're not coming back. And they, if oh, you don't we're come always back, coming back. What are you talking if, about? If you don't come back, there's less real estate for them to then show ads to. So it's less, less revenue. So that's why they're doing it. And I'm, I'm okay with that. I think that's great. I don't want to be depressed on Facebook either. <laughs> well, I've got a question here from Liz Green um, and she asks, are there any absolute no-nos when it comes to Facebook ads? Yeah, basically you need to comply with Facebook ads policy and anything outside that's a no-no. That's pretty much it. So I'd say great. go check out that and that resource and stick to it. Okay, great. And the final question is from Dean McKenzie and he says, have you seen much of a difference between using an image with copy on it and just an image by itself? Yeah, this is interesting because we used to have this 20% rule on Facebook and you've had more than 20% text, then your ad got rejected. I absolutely hated that system until it went away and they brought this new one in. And now I'm like, bring back the 20% rule because at least you knew where you stood. Now what they're doing is they send you this message that says something like, you know, you've got too much text on your image and it may result in lower reach or higher cost. And it's kind of like, but they still let it run. And so there's li there is limitations by putting the text on, but sometimes what you'll find is by putting the text on it, you'll actually get more engagement. And if you get more engagement and more interactions, you'll get more reach and some more organic reach off the back of it. And so it kind of, it's one of those things that you definitely need to split test. I've got a client um, in the US, she's a teacher and she photographs her products which have lots of text on them and theoretically she should be able to get away with it but she's always getting knocked back and every time it gets through and it has lots of text on it it does really well and all the stuff that she posts that has no text on it at all flops so it but that's not the same with all of my clients I've got others that are the exact reverse so my recommendation here is to just test see what works best for you Okay, well, the summary of this episode to me is that I'm never going to touch Facebook ads ever again. I'm going to pay someone <laughs> to do it for me. So <laughs> I feel totally overwhelmed. But um, Lauren has got some great resources that she's going to share with us. She's got uh, some resources about the importance of audience targeting. Um, and she's got the Facebook ad success kit that she can share, which is an Impactivate resource. And your top tip at the end of it, I can see it here is test, test, test. Is that, is that the, the best tip you want to offer, Lauren? I think that's a great one. Yes, definitely. Get out there and just practice, 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 practice. Practice makes perfect. Start with a small budget, like just go and blow 50 bucks on Facebook ads and what you'll, well, you're not really blowing it. Go and use it. I mean, you've spent $50 on more frivolous things in the past, I'm sure. And so yeah, then... And then off the back of that, what you've effectively bought is $50 worth of data. You know what works and what doesn't work. And then the next time you invest in your, in your ads, learn from the past experience and invest it more wisely. That's my tip for getting started anyway. Ah, such wise advice that I shall never take. Instead, I shall continue posting posts after glasses. You and your random acts of Facebook advertising. Yes, Come on. I know. Well, this is why I have a session booked in with you, Lauren. So there you go. <laughs> um, Look, thank you so much for sharing all your fabulous knowledge about Facebook ads, some amazing tips and resources there. Um, and we will, of course, include links to all Lauren's bits and bobs in the show notes. So thank you very much, Lauren. It's been a pleasure. Thanks, Lauren. Okay, so regular listeners will know that at this time, we read out a review of the show. Today, we're giving a shout out to a lover and writer in the UK. That's their iTunes name. So we don't know who you are, but we know that you're a lover and a writer. And you said, I love this podcast. That's no word of a lie. I've crammed in so many and now I'm full, full of confidence, full of good vibes, full of smart tips. 
Thank you. God, I love that. Can we make that into a meme? I like it. And then we can put it on Facebook and boost it. Yay! <laughs> Plan. Um, and thanks to you for listening. If you like the show, don't forget to leave a rating and review on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you heard this pod. And please subscribe as well. Your review will help others find us and we'll give you a shout out on the show. P.S. Please do this. We are running out of testimonials to read out. So if you've been listening for a long time and haven't done one, shame on you. We will find you and make you write one. Um, you can also head to thehotcopypodcast.com and leave your comments on the blog post for this episode. So thank you, Belinda and Lauren. Thank you, Kate. Thanks. Until next time, happy writing. So you're still listening? Great. Because I wanted to tell you about my new podcast, The Recipe for SEO Success Show. Sadly, this one's just me, Kate Toon, but it is packed full of useful, practical, doable SEO tips and advice. You can find it in the iTunes store, on Stitcher and SoundCloud. Just search for The Recipe for SEO Success Show. Yeah, what gender am I now? You are... You're a lady. It's first for everything.